What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy. I'm Luke Stahlhook, joined by my handsome as ever co-host, Akash. How we doing, buddy? We're doing great, man. It's a great time to uh, break down some football. I love talking about football. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> what was that? You said good time to break down. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be – I mean, it's week three is in the books of the NFL season. We're going to be talking about some players that have surprised us. Um, for the most part, good, but some bad. I think Akash has some bad he wants to talk about as well. Uh, we're going to kind of spitball rapid fire a little bit. So up first, we have a guy who's been lighting the league on fire so far. Uh, joined, if you're listening to any broadcast this NFL season where he's been playing, uh, he eats breakfast with his quarterback every morning at the gym. I'm talking about Cooper Cup. Uh, him and Matthew Stafford eat breakfast together, apparently. So maybe that helps him be the fantasy wide receiver one. Uh, what are you seeing out of Cooper Cup that you like a lot, Akash? I'm seeing a good target share and a really high touchdown rate, which leads itself to a lot of, and there's also been a few broken plays, right? Which leads, which has led to the fantasy success. So do I expect him to stay as the wide receiver one? Probably not, but do I expect him to vastly outproduce where you drafted him as like a mid wide receiver two? He should, yes. I feel like he's a lock for top 10, in my opinion. He should be. I mean, the closer, the more games you play being a top 10 wide receiver, the closer you are to being a lock for top 10. So, yeah. yeah. He doesn't get hurt. Should end up there because his target share is really good. But it should come down when another one of our surprises for this season eventually bounces back, as he will, because Robert Woods, he's still out there on the field. He's still earning targets. He's not going away. And he didn't suddenly become bad. Robert Woods is going to bounce back. Like over the course of his career, playing with Cooper Cup, they've been very similar players production-wise and earning targets-wise. The discrepancy is really in touchdowns. So I expect Cooper Cup to be better for the rest of the season. But I do expect Woods to do better than he is doing right now, and he'll eventually start producing more. And Cooper Cup might start producing less, but they're both still going to be great options. For sure. All right, moving into our next guy we want to talk about is Debo Samuel. Uh, he went nuclear week one. Kind of slowed down yeah. a little bit, but he's still he's still performing really well uh, because yeah. of Akash's boy, Brandon Ayuk, has been uh, missing pretty much. Right. And it's not the um, it's it's not the anything to do with Ayuk. It's just the fact that Debo. The surprising thing is his role change. So in his rookie season, he had an ADOT of around 7.6, I believe, if I remember correctly. And so he showed up really well in my rookie comps and some of my friends' rookie comps, like some people that have similar processes as me. And we were excited for him going into year two, but then he had the Liz Frank injury and he missed a bunch of time with several other injuries throughout the season. And that led to him falling down rankings because one of the reasons was because his ADOT and his role completely changed. He had an ADOT of around two. So he's basically just being used as a running back pretty much like the same way that the Saints use Alvin Kamara or the same way the Panthers use Christian McCaffrey. That's the way that Debo is being used. So we thought, oh, this guy has a cap ceiling. He's not going to be much of an option. Kind of like how the Falcons use Cordell Patterson. Yeah, the same way that the Jaguars use LaVisca Chenault, right? And so that's why he fell on ranks. But his role has changed. He's being a real wide receiver now, and his ADOT's around seven. And so that's why he's a surprise, and that's why he can be a wide receiver three going forward or even a wide receiver two in this offense. 
for sure. All right, on to our next guy who's been the biggest surprise of the season so far to me, honestly, is Mike Williams. He's the wide receiver two in PPR leagues. Uh, he's just been lighting the league on fire. Uh, I mean, everyone mm-hmm. knew how talented he was, but the fantasy points are really starting to come in for him with his weekly touchdowns and yeah. just overall dominant performances. Mm-hmm. Another guy who you're probably not going to see finish uh, where he is right now as the wide receiver too. I do expect Keen Allen to be the better wide receiver rest of the season, but this is another thing very similar to Debo Samuel, but in the opposite direction. Debo Samuel's A dot went up, and his his role completely changed, and he started producing more. Mike Williams' role completely changed; his A dot came down, stopped being used as like a deep, just a deep threat, and started being used as a real wide receiver. And so he's his uh, role is a lot more fantasy friendly right now, and he can be he'll probably be a high wide receiver for the rest of the season because. Justin Herbert's also playing really, really well right now. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, 100%. Moving on to our next guy, we have Hollywood Brown. Uh, once again, okay, I honestly, I need to apologize to him because I thought he was fantasy irrelevant moving forward. I just, like, mm-hmm. he's kind of off my draft board. Like, guys like him and, like, Henry Ruggs, I just don't like having on my fantasy team. Uh, but yeah. Hollywood Brown's been killing. He's, he's the wide receiver 11 so far right now, and he's been very involved in the offense. Rashad Bateman might change some things, but. He should, yeah. But, I, yeah, yeah, the thing with. Hollywood, the thing I was overlooking is the fact that he still earned targets last year in the way that fellow deep threat speedster Henry Ruggs didn't. So Hollywood Brown, in hindsight, his good production wasn't totally unforeseeable, but there's really only one guy I know who was actually in on him, uh, Peter Howard at Pahowdy on Twitter. So props to him for being right. But once Rashad Bateman comes back into this offense, I do expect him to be wide receiver three. But it's very, um, very encouraging to know that he is to confirm that he is a good player. And for people who didn't think he was a good player, should probably admit that he is a good player. Myself, he is a good player. I always thought he was a good player. I just didn't think he was going to translate to fantasy. Yeah, no. he definitely could. You know, he could be like he could be like uh, Corey Davis in the future, where he he moves off this low volume team and gets a better role somewhere and produces more. I, I love Corey Davis. That's another, that's another topic, though. All right, moving into our next guy is Manuel Sanders. Uh, I, I actually really liked Emmanuel Sanders coming into the season. Yeah. Uh, once I saw reports out of camp that Gabe Davis was not getting the role we thought and Emmanuel Sanders was taking it, oh, yeah, I thought he was a great value, and he's delivered on it 100% so far. I really like Sanders. He's he's yeah. getting a lot of the targets for Buffalo, and he's honestly – I think he's outscoring Stephon Diggs right now. Yeah, yeah, a few touchdowns will – We'll do that like with everyone. Everyone who you're seeing higher in the uh, fantasy finishes than you expect them to, it's probably just because they fell into the end zone a couple times. But Manuel Sanders looks like the number two option in this offense. Gabriel Davis, I always thought, was behind Manuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, but I didn't expect him to also be behind Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, and Zach Moss. So he's uh, He's buried. He's basically nothing right now. He's not buried. He's just not good. But that's the conversation for another day, I guess. But yeah. for um, for Emmanuel Sanders, he's in a high air yards role in the way that Cole Beasley never is. So for fantasy, he's probably their second best wide receiver because he's working down the field more and he's seeing more valuable targets. And it's really exciting to see what he can do because he's not washed. I guess a lot of people thought he was. And uh, he's probably not going to be prime Emmanuel Sanders, uh, but he probably has some decent weeks throughout the season where you like you um probably 
start of him and hope for a big play and then he gets you that or maybe he's a good dfs guy every now and then for sure i, I think he's really cheap with a lot of opportunities and that's exactly what you look for oh definitely it's really cheap we have another guy right here christian kirk uh i honestly wrote him off this season yeah. the addition of rondell moore and he's been fantastic um, yeah more than Moore has been seeing the least snaps out of their four wide receivers, but hopefully he ousts uh, AJ Green soon. But Christian Kirk's carved out a good role, good uh, similar to uh, Manuel Sanders in that he is the he's the beta, but he's the beta who's working down the field and seeing a lot of air yards in a very high volume offense. So they're basically the same player, but uh, around ten years difference in age. So they're both gonna have weeks, yeah. If DeAndre Hopkins is the alpha male, and Christian Kirk is the beta male. Who is the yes. sigma male of the Cardinals' offense? Uh, that's not a thing, but it definitely should be. No, it's just a meme. I don't, I don't know. I know. The sigma male. I don't know. I feel like it has to be Rondell Moore. Yeah, Rondell Moore, yes. Adrian Green's the... Uh, or we could say it's Cliff Kingsbury. Everyone there is a sigma male. It's kind of crazy that uh, I'm pretty sure Kirk's out-targeting uh, DeAndre Hopkins right now. I think he is. But it's not something I expect to continue, right? No. Maybe Kyler just has better chemistry with shorter players. He did, they're the same height, so he can throw the ball easier. Yeah, they see more eye to eye. Yeah. I think it's really funny that he hasn't even watched The Mandalorian and he keeps doing the Baby Yoda pose. Oh, yeah. He hasn't watched The Mandalorian? No, he doesn't even like. He doesn't care about I mean, Baby Yoda at all. I heard about it and it's funny, but I haven't actually seen him do it. Oh, really? Yeah, I should. I should. I heard it's funny. It is funny. Anyway, on our next yeah. guy, uh, a team that you love, a backfield that you love, uh, Detroit backfield. Jamal Williams has been really good. The entire Detroit yeah. backfield, honestly, has been incredible because they don't throw the ball to their wide receivers. It's just tight ends and running backs. Yeah, yeah. Over the offseason, I really like DeAndre Swift, but I also have a good amount of Jamal Williams because everyone's yelling at me like, this backfield is going to be so split. It's going to be like, Eckler and Melvin Gordon or Kamara and Ingram, but like those backfields both produced two top 24 running backs. And while I do expect Swiss role to go up a little bit because he's fully healthy and there's reports that his role fully grows, it probably does. I do still expect Jamal Williams to have a solid role and a good pass catching role because like you said, this offense really just passing to the wide receiver, the really just passing the running backs and tight ends and ignoring these wide receivers. I would ignore those wide receivers if my best wide receiver was sometimes Khalif Raymond and sometimes Quintus Cephas and sometimes Tyrell Williams, who's hurt right now. Amon Ross St. Brown, of course. No, he has like four targets all year. If you, draft him, if you drafted Amon Ross St. Brown in the second round of your rookie drafts, let this be a lesson to never listen to vacated target arguments ever again. Same goes. Gosh, to, I just thought he was a good player. Okay. Same goes to Marquez Callaway fans. Yes. I don't like Marquez Callaway, but I do like okay. I did like Amon Ross Brown. Still, I still have hope for my boy. I, he he got drafted in the fourth round. Now he's playing like a fourth rounder, and people are surprised. What can I say? I thought he, I thought he looked really good in college. Anyway, yeah. Cordell Patterson. I was too lazy to spell out his first name. We all know who he is. Uh, Falcons running running back wide receiver hybrid. He's been really good i i don't understand why honestly i mean he scored touchdowns so that's why but he's been he's been very very good he's so far. A good receiver yeah he's a he's the uh former wide receiver convert turned running back who's seeing a good amount of targets and that's what's led to a threat fantasy friendly role even if he's not leading the backfield in uh carries he, him and mike davis both have 
good receiving roles and it's hurting well Russell Gage is hurt right now but it's also hurting Hayden Hurst kind of hurting the whole offense in general because they're throwing so short but it helps both of the uh, running backs there and if they both maintain good receiving roles and uh, Mike Davis falls into the end zone a bit more then I see why see no reason why both of them can't be decent for fantasy I mean both guys you got cheaper than they probably finish which is always good and Matt Ryan has the lowest ADOT of his whole career partly because he's just throwing short and throwing to his running backs for sure yeah I, Matt Ryan's really weird this season but oh, that's, yeah, definitely. that's a topic for another yeah, time. like he's completed like 75 75 of his passes but it's because everything's a check down pretty much and it's really annoying for fantasy I agree all right, moving on. Uh, we have a couple running backs here. We have Tony Pollard and mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, which one do you want to start on first? Pollard's really carved out a good role in the rushing game as well as the receiving game, which is good to see. I Zeke's been Zeke ran more routes uh, the other night, if I remember correctly. But Pollard's making a mark in the rushing game. This is less of like what we've seen in the past of Pollard being the Alexander Madison to Zeke's Dalvin Cook. It, just in that split where. It, Pollard sees barely anything and is barely startable. Mm-hmm. And it's more like what we've seen in the past with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, where Pollard gets some to where that you to where a point where you could say, maybe I desperately start him in my flex spot, but it's not enough for him to carve out a extremely startable role in fantasy football. But it is surprising to people who drafted Zeke in the top three, top four, because Zeke's just not in that role anymore. And he's going to be like more, most of the running backs where he'll need a touchdown and some catches to have a good day. He's not going to be seeing 20 plus carries every single game anymore. Yeah. I, I just think that Pollard has been uber efficient and he looks really mm-hmm. good on the field. I think mm-hmm. that he's just yeah. making the most of his touches. And I think he's just going to keep earning more yeah. and more. He's been like over the last few seasons, shout out to at uh, RT, DB, I forget his uh, actual app, but Jacob Sanderson, who uh, continuously pounded the drum for Pollard carving out a role because he's a better reality running back than Zeke. And that looks to be the case because right now Pollard's a better reality running back and he's also carving out a role. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Kenny Gainwell, who I have on the screen here. I, once again, kind of like Pollard, I mean, it's, it's a little different, but I did not expect much volume at all for Kenneth Gainwell this season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot more Miles Sanders than, uh, than anything, honestly. Really? But Gainwell's looked really, really – he he's a lot of juice when he gets the ball. He looks efficient in his pass catching. And I think he's going to earn it more and more trust in the offense as this season. Yeah, I, I was hoping he would turn into like somewhat of a Naeem Hines in that offense. <laughs> like Sirianni coming over from Indianapolis got his Naeem Hines in the draft pretty much in Kenny Gainwell. And I was hoping that would happen, and I have him on a few squads. And that looks to be the case, which is – which is pretty good for fantasy because he's a cheaper version of Naeem Hines pretty much. But for Gainwell, this doesn't really hurt Miles Sanders a ton because they can both succeed in the rushing in the receiving game, but mm-hmm. it is good for Kenny Gainwell because he's a free PPR play every week who you hope um, sees some garbage time targets. I agree for sure. All right, on to our, our last little bundle here before we wrap. Uh, we have Naeem Hines, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr, and Matthew Stafford. Where do you want to start right. first? Well, Hines is the only non-quarterback of that group. You know, sure. he signed his extension, and now he's seeing uh, more of the um, 
he's seeing uh, more volume than he has in previous years, I believe. His target share is probably around the same range, but it just feels like he's doing more because Jonathan Taylor is not doing as much. He's been so efficient. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jonathan Taylor's been terrific. If he falls into the end zone a few times or catches a few passes, he's going to go off soon, and people are going to be reminded of who he is because right now he is absolutely dominating a bunch of advanced metrics. So Hines, he's also dominating a lot of the same metrics. They're both running really well. They're both the best offensive players on the team. And I know I'm a big advocate of not running it a bunch and uh-huh. passing more because passing better than running, but having an offense flow through Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor does not sound like such a bad thing. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that Naeem Hines uh, is a core piece of the Colts offense and they paid him accordingly. He's, oh, yeah, he's a crucial piece of that offense and I think if they didn't have him, their offense would be a lot worse than it already is. And that's mm-hmm. saying something because their offense is not great. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like a 200-pound uh, former fourth rounder. And to see him make this kind of impact is really cool to see. I totally agree. Moving on to Sam Darnold, who's honestly been my favorite surprise of the season so far. Crazy. It's just yeah. like it's the mix of the Adam Gase curse being lifted and Joe Brady being a genius. It's, it's mm-hmm. completely fixed this man's career. So he's, it looks like it. So far, like it's really it's a conundrum for me because he was he was bad for so many years in New York, right? Yeah. Like not even the way that Ryan Tannehill was bad in Miami. Like Ryan Tannehill was average in Miami, whereas Sam Darnold was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football. Correct. So it's hard for me to go like, okay, yeah, he's he's really good now, but this is a really encouraging trend because if he could turn his career around, it's another startable QB and it's a really exciting story really yeah I love it I love me some Sam Darnold this year with the Panthers but another guy I've always liked a lot and I still mm-hmm. beat the drum for every once in a while is Derek Carr I love yeah. Derek Carr you need to put your uh, respect on Derek Carr's name yeah. he's a good quarterback he really yeah. is a good quarterback and yeah. I think that he's translating the fantasy once again this year he's a QB nine so far through three games he's had two uh, a couple very good games so far for fantasy yeah. And I think he's going to continue. I think he's going to be around QB 10 for the rest of the season. And he's definitely rosterable. Yeah, he's been – um, he's really been bubbling at the surface the last few seasons. Like, he's finished, like, QB 16 or QB 13. Like, no one that you roster all the time, but someone who you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll stream him this game, and then maybe he does well, maybe he doesn't. But there is some crazy volume there. I believe they have, like, 45 pass attempts per game which probably doesn't hold because they've been going to overtime. They've been getting in shootouts. So their um, passing volume probably comes down, but it still keeps Derek Carr as a good um, – as a high QB2 who's good in reality and fine for fantasy. But, it's like, you know, another QB who's good in uh, – who's good in reality and fine for fantasy, Kirk Cousins. If he can keep the uh, touchdown rate high enough, it – probably doesn't matter how much volume's there like he'll need some but if he can keep a high touchdown rate he can be a low qb1 in fantasy i agree 100 last guy of tonight's little show here we have matthew stafford who's been insane him and cooper cup yeah. like i said eat breakfast together every morning and they are they're crushing it man yeah i need to cool. add something in my spreadsheets to factor for qb chemistry and input how much they have breakfast together because clearly there's something there that has not been accounted there for. Is. There yeah. is. If Chris Collinsworth thinks it's a big deal. So Yeah, he doesn't shut up about it. It's kind of getting annoying, but I like it's, it. I think it's, it's a good deal. Yeah. 
And right now he's really like Stafford's so efficient right now. He's really good in fantasy right now. And he probably like Cooper Cup comes down to earth, but him seeing him succeed with a good team now that he's out of Detroit and ha- finally has a good line, finally has a good defense, good coaches, good weapons. It's it's amazing to see because this is a guy that people said just if he was out of Detroit, he would be doing so much better. And mm-hmm. I didn't really believe it, but seeing is believing and I'm seeing it and I'm starting to believe it. And I really wish that it would happen with Matt Ryan because I want him to succeed somewhere else. I, I do too, but he's I, not going to succeed in Atlanta. I think Matthew both- Stafford's a lot better right now than Matt Ryan is. No, I mean right now, sure. In these last few games, yes, but I would still say Ryan's a better QB throughout their careers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know. I yeah. think it's close. But all right, uh, that'll wrap it up for the surprise of the season. Oh, we'll be back on. Tuesday with another episode. We will see we have you to guys. do the show in week eight or something, halfway through the season, because then we'll know who the real surprises are. And it's going to turn out like 60% of these are going to be three-week flukes, and we're going to look like total jackasses. But we'll know yeah. more in week eight. It's the name of the game is looking like a look at, looking like a jackass over week three flukes. I mean, that's what everyone does, you know? Yeah, you got to overreact. Like, they're, they're, you can't make content if you don't overreact to stuff because no one wants to – listen to a nerd rattle off stats for an hour and a half unless but unless you are into that stuff in which case you should check out my new podcast that i've been that i just dropped last week and the new episode for week three is coming soon where we break down the uh advanced metrics and stats for um for the week and help you help give you info that 90 percent of people don't look at you're such a nerd i love it i know all right there's a market for it and i'm capturing part of that market and i'm succeeding do you not want to see me succeed luke no of course i do i'm just okay good yeah i appreciate your nerd and that's why i have you on the show with me because you can yeah. bring out all those stats that are in your little your little handsome brain i know the whole show i you just read off names to me and let me just say whatever i wanted to about yeah I just, I, you were, that's it was like it was like playing like home run derby like i was your pitcher and you were yeah bad. you just you just lobbing them up for me setting it on the tee little tee ball yeah, I mean, I and I mean, I can't really repeat what you say because it's the exact same takes. I mean, it's pretty obvious what to say about these players. You know, they're all doing good. They're all exceeding expectations. They're crushing their ADPs, and that's the guys you want on your team. You know, like especially. I think, right, like, yeah. I've always told people that uh, come to me for advice: just draft good players, and you'll win. And sometimes people don't follow that advice, and they don't win. But if you just draft the players who are going to do well and not get hurt, you'll win. It's so simple. What about Allen Robinson? What about it? He's um, I he's a good player him. and he's not gonna hurt. Why is he? Why am I not winning it, Kosh? Uh, his QBs are throwing short and his play caller is garbage. So eventually, just because of regression, the play calling will get better, and really? the um, and the QB play will get better and the uh, throwing deep will get better. So he'll eventually bounce back. Can't you know, better. last week I said this on my my new podcast but justin fields had the worst completion percentage over expected since week one 2018 nathan peterman exactly and so one of the hilarious things about having the worst game in the last three four years is that it literally can't get any worse for Allen robinson it can only go up from here correct so if you want if people are if people are actually selling low which i'm seeing people actually sell low because they're panicking Mm-hmm. This is an actual opportunity to buy low. Like when Zeke has five points in in Thursday night football in week one, 
no one's actually selling low, which means Correct. that no one can buy low. But people are actually panicking on Allen Robinson, which means that you can actually buy low. And I think you should because he's been an alpha for his entire career and he's had a history of production throughout his entire career, except for the ACL, ACL year when he was hurt. When healthy. I can't believe he didn't produce when he tore his ACL. It's ridiculous. I know. It's ridiculous. But when healthy, he's been an alpha who's seen a really good target share and – the target share will lead to production, and the production will lead to you winning, winning your fantasy leagues, especially if you get this really good wide receiver for cheap. Agree. I agree with your handsome advice because you're handsome and I love you. All right, yeah. that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Hooked on Fantasy. We'll see you next time. Akash, make a random noise now. <laughs>